Hi, it's Jess Fisher. You're listening to episode five of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we explore some of the science featured in the story. Keep listening to the end of this episode to hear me and Nate Dufort talk about the effects of climate change on lakes and rivers with Dr. J.T. Rager, scientist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Chapter 5, Journey to the Sun. Callie! Are you following me, Gideon? No, well, yes. They burnt down your house. I noticed. What do you want? I want to help. Help with what? Rescuing Iowa, of course. My parents are away this month working the regulator's fields, so I'm pretty much on my own anyway. I'm like, I don't have time right now. It's because of her collection, isn't it? That's why the regulators took her. Collection? At her garden. The bones, the books, that recording her parents made. Recording. Yes! Gideon, that is exactly why they took her. Can we find her? You know, I I believe we can. Do you think you could lead me to her garden? Iowa. Iowa, time to go. Huh? Is it morning? No, we'd never make it in the daylight. I'll help you put the dog on the wagon. I'm going to get you both to the well. The dog was still asleep as we loaded him back onto the wagon. But he was snoring loudly now, which seemed like a good sign. There we go. Got it. It's gonna be okay. I'll get you there. Somehow. The librarian lit a torch and handed me a bag filled with jars. Bean paste and root mash. Should be enough food and water to last you at least a couple of weeks. Store this jar separate from the others. What's in it? The liquid for cleansing the dog's wound. It'll sting a bit when he's awake, but it'll help him heal. And remember, keep it away from fire. Okay. Take this, too. The verses of the song, from the book. All but the last verse. I stuffed the page in my pocket and dragged the cart down the deserted, moonlit street toward the well. What do I do when we get to the well? You go down. What's at the bottom? Guess we'll see. When we made it to the well, I leaned my head over the side and peered down into the darkness. Hello? There was a basket attached to a rope and a winch, barely big enough for me to fit in, and with a big furry dog. Will it hold both of us? Guess we'll see. Please stop saying that. Hop in. I'll hand you the dog and lower you down. I stuffed myself into the basket, and the librarian placed the dog on my lap. Got you! Dog! Ready? Do I have a choice? The librarian turned the crank and the basket began to lower into the black silence of the well. Here we go. Begin the journey to the sun, I guess. Awfully dark down here. Oh no. Now? As we descended slowly, slowly, the dog picked an absolutely terrible time to wake up. 
Stop squirming. You're gonna make us fall. Stop. Ow! Hey, the well. Someone find the well. I know that wagon. It's broken. No. They're back. The sisters and brothers. Please, dog. Please, 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 please stop moving. I'll handle this island. Just hang on to the dog. You can make it. You have to get him to Haven. This is bad. This is very bad. What's going on, old man? Well, hello, my young friends. Uh, how may I help you? Go back to sleep. What you got down Close there? your eyes and your mouth. Basket? Come Nothing. on, work with me here. I was trying to collect some water for my shop. Ever tried bubbles? Very refreshing. The girl must be down there. No, no. Shh, please. You really don't have to. Take a seat. Pull her up! No, no. We're starting to go back up. Drink faster! Was that an animal? Sounds like a big one. Man, we could be rich! Island, go! We can't let them pull us back up. They can't find you. We have to cut the rope. I know, I know. We have no idea what's down there or how deep it goes. How do I do this? I wish I had a knife or something sharp. Oh, and then it came to me. I did have something sharp. I pulled out a jar of bean paste and rubbed it all through the fibers of the rope. Delicious, delicious bean paste. Okay, dog, let's put those sharp teeth to work. I grabbed the rope and rubbed it back and forth against the dog's fangs. He chewed and chewed and I kept shredding the fibers. Come on, come on. water in total darkness. I could still hear the yelling at the top of the well, but it felt like we dropped to the center of the earth, only we weren't at the bottom of a deep hole. It was a cavern with a river running through it. I've got you. Just trying to. My hand banged against something solid, something made of wood. I grabbed hold of it and pulled myself up onto a raft tied to the side of the cavern wall. Stop fighting! And let me help you! I pulled the dog aboard the raft and felt for what was holding us in place. It's a chain. Come on! Got it! I gave us a shove, and the raft floated away down into the pitch black of the cavern. Oh, stop. This is nothing. You want to hear the story of our cart ride to Junktown? I found it. This is Iowa's garden. You didn't tell me it would take this long to get here. Well, Iowa gets here by riding the river, but that wasn't going to happen since I'm not a great swimmer and you almost drowned. Silly me. It's an old park. I guess. She keeps her collection over there. 
in that little dugout area. Dugout? Huh. She had a lot of cool stuff from the time before, huh? God, I can't believe she kept it all from me. I always said it was wrong to keep secrets. Secrets are the worst. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. That's Iowa's teddy bear. She never let me touch it. She had it when I first found her as a little girl. I, I always wondered where it went. The Junktown Well. No. Who's that? Hide, Gideon, hurry. Search the entire garden. There must be some clue about where she went with the beast. Right away, sir. They got away. Oh, then it's still out there. What's it? What was that guy talking about? I, I meant... Iowa got away. She's still out there. That's great news, right? We have to find her before they do. <sighs> Dog, are you all right? <coughs> okay, okay. I'll stay on my side of the raft and you stay on yours. Just don't fall off. The underground river carried us through caverns I could only imagine in the dark. At some point, I fell asleep and dreamed of Haven. I was on a beach, at the edge of a jungle. It was a lush green island full of every animal I'd read about in the books. Horses and monkeys and packs of dogs. I woke from my dream as the underground river swept us out the side of a mountain and into the bright sunlight. We floated into the largest body of water I'd ever seen. A river that stretched all the way to the sun. Through the well, well, well began the journey to the sun. Can you believe this? Have you ever seen anything so open? <coughs> Hello! Hello! I'm, I'm Iowa, Iowa Chapman. Chapman. I found a dog. Ho <laughs> ho! You want to try? <coughs> oh, like this. really need to lighten up. You know that? Being fluffy will only get you so far. <coughs> Whatever. You don't want to howl? You don't have to howl. I'll do it all by myself. Oh! 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 <laughs> there you go. Oh! Oh! We're sailing to Haven. A journey to the sun. Give me that paw. <coughs> Too far? Okay, okay. One step at a time.
Welcome to Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we dig into the actual science behind the episodes of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. I'm Nate Dufort, who some of you may know from the shows Unspookable and Reach, a space podcast for kids. And with me, as always, from Gen Z Media and Six Minutes Rewind is Jess Fisher. How's it going, Jess? I am well. My hair is drying, so my head is wet, but I'm well otherwise. <laughs> I mean, that couldn't play better into the theme of today's conversation, right? So true. So true. So tell us what happened on today's episode. In episode five, A Journey to the Sun, Iowa and the dog follow the lyrics of the song down the Junktown well and onto an underground river. When their raft is shot out the side of a mountain into a vast body of water, Iowa convinces him to howl with her. Their journey to Haven has begun. Oh, the howling scene. I love it so much. It's so sweet. So, you know, them being on this body of water made me want to know more about lakes and rivers, and specifically, what is the impact of climate change on our freshwater? So I talked to Dr. J.T. Rager, scientist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Dr. Rager, thanks for joining us here today. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So we've been talking a lot about climate change on the show, and as of the last couple episodes, we've been seeing how important freshwater is to our story. Can you tell us how climate change impacts our rivers and lakes? Yeah, sure, Nate. So, of course, as you know, freshwater is uh, very important to life as we know it. And, uh, you know, scientists at NASA, when we're looking for life on other planets, the first thing we look for is whether signs of whether or not that planet has water on it, because... Water is really the foundation of life as we know it. When we think historically about civilizations and how they've grown across the planet, most historical great civilizations are built on the banks of rivers or near water bodies of some kind. As we have evolved technologically, that's really given us the capability to move civilizations away from major centers of water. So for instance, I live in Los Angeles, California, and there's no major body of water here in Los Angeles. It's a very dry place. And what we do in Los Angeles is we actually pipe water in from other places in the country, from the Colorado River Basin and from Northern California. And then we use a bit of groundwater here. So obviously with climate change, we think about warming temperatures and how temperatures around the planet are going to change. But one of the direct consequences of that is also how water will change because as the atmosphere warms, it has a different capacity to hold water in that atmosphere. So water vapor dissolved as a gas in the atmosphere, um, you know, a warmer atmosphere can hold more water. So the general theory, the general concept for climate change in water is what we call the rich get richer mechanism, which means that places that are already really wet, like the Amazon rainforest, for instance, where it rains a ton, or Kauai, which is an island in the Hawaiian island chain, some of the wettest places on Earth, they're probably going to get even wetter because the atmosphere has that capacity to hold more water. But dry places like the Sahara Desert or even Southern California, they're probably going to get drier. And so this wet get wetter, dry get drier mechanism we call the rich get richer effect. And that's what we kind of expect to happen with climate change. So as we can imagine, that's going to bring less water to dry places where there may be a lot of people. We think about places like the Middle East, where population is growing, or portions of China, or portions of the United States, including Southern California and the Southwest in general, cities like Phoenix and Las Vegas, that are really fast-growing cities. 
probably climate change is going to bring less water to those places. And warming climates can also affect things like snow, snow accumulation in the Rocky Mountains, or in California here, we have the Sierra Nevada Mountains. And warmer climates mean that generally snow will melt earlier and we will get less precipitation falling as snow. So that snow serves as a kind of water battery for us. It stores water through the winter and sometimes through the spring and into the summer. And that earlier snow melt just means we'll have less water resources to deal with when the climate actually starts to get warmer in summers, through the growing season for agriculture, and throughout the year we'll have less water. So the, the, in summary, kind of the threats posed by climate change in terms of water are less water in dry places and less water stored as snow to get us through agricultural growing seasons. Wow, thank you so much for all of that. Uh, that's great information. Can you tell our listeners about the work that you do? What I usually like to describe for people is that us scientists at NASA are kind of like doctors for the planet. So just like a doctor might listen to your heart with a stethoscope or look into your ear with that funny thing with the light on it, we have these different instruments up in space in orbit, and they're looking back down at the planet, and they're giving us different vital signs about the planet and how those vital signs are changing in time. And just like doctors have specialties, like a podiatrist or, you know, uh, ophthalmologist, we have different specialties. So there's scientists at NASA that work on measuring and observing changes in ice sheets like Greenland and Antarctica. There's scientists that look at sea level rise. There's scientists that look at changing forests and forest fires in places like the Amazon or in California. And there's scientists that look at water. And that's what I do. I, I measure changes in fresh water on land from space. So we use different technologies. Some of those technologies are optical, which is like a camera up there in space that's just measuring changes in water at the surface of the planet, uh, changes in lake area, things like floods. And then we use some strange technologies like things like changes in the Earth's gravity field that tell us something about how different water storage is changing beneath the Earth's surface, including groundwater storage and snowpack on top of mountains. So we're always trying to invent new techniques to measure what we want to understand from space, because it's not always possible to get out there with a pole or some other measuring device and measure what's happening with water all over the planet. So space gives us the opportunity to understand the big picture and how things are changing all over the world. That's amazing to think about, that it took us being able to go into space ourselves so that we could better observe and learn about our own planet. Well, I can't thank you enough today for your time, Dr. Rager. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, Nate. Thanks for having me. You know, when Dr. J.T. Rager was talking about Arizona getting drier, I lived in Arizona for a year. I can't imagine it getting any drier. I know. And the same thing is true with going to Kauai. You know, it's such a beautiful place and it is, you know, it can be swampy there uh, in all of its gorgeousness. I don't know how that could get wetter, but these are the things that we're going to have to deal with if we don't start reversing some of this climate change. Yeah, which it seems like he's doing from space. It's truly, truly <laughs> amazing. Uh, well, that is it for this episode. We'd like to thank Dr. J.T. Rager, scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. To find out more about the effects of climate change on rivers and lakes, check out the links and resources in this episode's show notes. For more awesome pods, go to gzmshows.com. It's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified.